Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. Across the street and around the world, Cheyenne Hills. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. We have Nathan Winters in the house. Thanks so much for joining again, Nathan. Oh, I love seeing you, man. So I'm going camping. I You caught me in camping mode. I, I actually was out the door, and we had to jump, run into the podcast. Got your Rocky shirt I on. I got my Rocky shirt. And there, so I, I actually like to call it cramping because it's not the, it's kind of cramped, <laughs> whatever. Oh, I, I see. It worried me at first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a little cramped. But I actually... Honestly, I never grew up camping, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, you know, farming, ranching. It's like the last thing you want. I wanted to do is go camp. Yeah, and so honestly, this is a, a one of the real cool things that we do. So the last three summers we've gone camping, and uh, and then we're going this year. We've always taken a big trip, and so this is kind of a warm up. Yeah, we got to go up, make sure that we're going to the lake, and uh, making sure that. Everything works. So I'm going camping. You're going to Washington, D.C. That's right, yes. And uh, this is quite an experience. What's going to happen here? Well, I'm excited about that, although camping sounds quite fun. (laughs) But uh, So next week, we have our Statesman Academy, where through Family Policy Alliance, we invite people from all over the nation, legislators, uh, and people who are very interested in running as statesmen. And that's a well-defined word for us. Mm -hmm. It's a person who's willing to live by biblical truth regardless of the personal consequence. Oh, wow. And so we host our Statesman Academy. In the past, we've had tremendous professors from Hillsdale College, uh, Dr. Wayne Grudem from Phoenix Seminary, Dr. Tom Colburn, who went to heaven uh, last year, a wonderful uh, senator Mm. from the state of Oklahoma. We'll have many of those same people back. But this year, um, we get to have Dr. Oz Guinness. And Dr. Guinness He's awesome. uh, is just, yes, his book on, it, it sounds, it's a rather ominous name, but it was really impactful in my life. It was called A Suicide of a Free Peoples. Hmm. And in that, he introduces the idea of the golden triangle of freedom. And that's where he says... He's talked about. Yes, this sir. from this book. That's this book. Gotcha. Got and it. it's so powerfully done. Just real quickly, yeah. uh, it just states that liberty has to be upheld by morality, right. and morality must be upheld by people of faith, right. and that you cannot take any one of those elements away. Right. But he lays it out so wonderfully. He's so well-respected. He has been a long-term visiting fellow to the uh, um, uh, Woodrow Wilson Institute on International Studies. Hmm. Uh, the Brookings Institute. He's been a longstanding scholar there, which is a well-respected group. Um, and so you you look at at all the people he has touched oh, through his quiet voice. Yeah, he's and, unbelievable. Uh, Mostly books, right? But you've heard him speak. I've never heard him speak except I, for not, on YouTube. Um, and his book was so impactful for me. So yeah. when I was asked to introduce a hero of mine, of course you get to introduce <laughs> a hero of yours. This is awesome. Praise the Lord. No well, kidding. it's just a glorious thing. And then I'll be speaking the day before. And what I want to talk about, what I want to do is talk about how God has not given us a spirit of fear. Oh, wow. And so in our current uh, political culture, I think it's going to take the voice of a pastor, a pastor's heart, to reach into the lives of public servants and say, listen, from a Christian perspective, you need to remember that our daddy is bigger than their daddy. Right. You know, just that's just good. something stated a little bit nicer than that, yeah. but no, that's something good. that reminds people that yeah. 
this is something worth doing. Right. And, and so that'll be in DC next and, week. And so, Oz Guinness, is he the keynote of this? No, sir. Really? Uh, no. Uh, he'll be... So I'll be giving a biblical study on Thursday morning, and okay. then he'll be... Uh, in that same spot on Friday morning. Yeah, sometime you need to figure out some. I don't know, water boy, anything. I'll just, I'll just follow you around. Oh my water. I, no. I want to go to one of these things, brother. I've been listening to your sermons <laughs> the last month, and I feel the same way. Oh, I, no. by the way, um, the intro to your sermons. Uh, we were talking about that earlier. That's the producer guy right over in the oh, corner. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it, it encapsulates uh, kind of the heart of what we're doing right here. Yeah but also what the scripture's heart is in such a very good way. And then in each sermon, you've clearly laid out. Um, so it provides a window into the biblical text that you're exploring with your church. Yeah. It's been wonderful. Well, thanks. And Cole yeah, did a great Strengthen, job. and he did. He yes. did last week. That was awesome. Um, strengthen and engage. I really think, you know, that, that came from uh, that Sardis church. Mm -hmm. And uh, the book that we've been going through, if you remember, Urban Lutzer, he's the one that with the observation that said he was at Sardis, and that huge, it's this huge temple right beside, I mean, the, this small little church is right beside this huge temple. Right. And he thinks that they were actually operating at the same time. And when he brought that up to my attention, it's like, oh my gosh. Can I mean, we're talking about 10 feet maybe right. between the two. Right. And for him to say they probably were going into the temple and into the church, and basically the church had gotten too close right. to, to the world, if you will. That is such a you great know, picture. You know, one of the things I was thinking through some of that... Uh, as you you brought that out, which was so well done, <clears throat> in that day, the contrast between God and the world and and the um, a competing religious right. system right. was stark yeah. because of that. And so, I think all of the world, uh, whether it's the church, public policy, every person's individual lives, it is the battleground of the gods. In Sardis, it was very visible. Yep. In our day, it's less so. Oh. It is a battleground of the gods, but people don't name that god Apollo or a Diana or, or Zeus. Uh, it's basically called secularism, okay. but it is a religious approach For sure. to life. It is an ontology. Yeah. And so it's still a battleground of the gods, but it's difficult to watch, to look at them side by side and say, that is the church of Jesus Christ, and that is the temple of whatever the God was. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. There in Sardis. It's a massive temple, right. though. And that's where our awareness has to be magnified. And so that's why we do need to strengthen what remains. That, that's really interesting that um, one of the things that I, you know, our, our friends in Africa will say, you know, everything in Africa is very clear to see. Mm -hmm. in, in, in America, our, our devil is in a suit. That's right. You know, he, he says, he'd always talk about, you know, you can see the devil, you can see the witch doctor, you know where the where the demonic darkness is. And he said, right. in, in America, they're all in suits, and you can't necessarily figure it out. Not That's a good wear, point. Not if you wear a suit, you're a devil. But <laughs> but the, his point yeah. is, it's all dressed up, and right. you know, it's hard to recognize. Right. And I think that's really true right. of our society, and it's, uh, you know... That's why I think we have trouble, you know, trying to figure out what's what's good and what's bad and those right. kind of things. Well, that's really not. We want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the freedoms right. of liberty. Tell us, tell right? Me, where do you want to go today? Well, first of all, I need a. I think it would be very good for us to approach something terrible that's happened in Cheyenne. Okay. But then look at it from a biblical lens, which is the whole hope of what we're trying to accomplish here in our podcast. But so uh, a couple of days ago. Um, I, this was in the month of July. This is the month of July, kind of early, mid-July. Okay. Um, there was a photo that wound up on Facebook from a radical 
LGBTQ plus group uh, in Wyoming, but it pointed out something that was terrible. Mm. And so I think it needs to be addressed, but then we need to reframe the conversation. So first of all, they posted a photo of a t-shirt from a biker bar here in Cheyenne that had a reprehensible uh, uh, picture on it. And, and the words were just absolutely terrible. Hmm. And it is very, uh, and it basically, it speaks toward people with AIDS, hmm. but then it does, uh, it just says things in a, in a way that no one should ever um, say things. Should never say, and it shouldn't exactly. be on a t-shirt either, yeah. for sure. Not only that, no Christian would ever phrase things in that way. Oh, yeah. And that's oh, so what... So they pegging it as Christian or something? Or? Well, I don't know that they peg it as Christian. What they do is they show this picture of a reprehensible t-shirt, okay. and then they turn and say, well, this is the reason why we need hate crimes legislation. Oh, gotcha. On the other hand, what they never say is that hate crimes legislation would not ever eliminate the t-shirt. Oh, what hate crimes legislation does is it silences people who try to speak the truth in love oh. or people like a Christian baker. It, it would force him to write messaging on his cakes uh, that, that are in contra uh, contrast to his conscience. And oh. so he'll sell anyone any cake. And yet one of the things he's saying when it comes to a creative act or me being forced into writing a message that is opposite of my belief system, that's something that no government should ever force people to do. And for that, he's faced four legal challenges in Colorado and won two of those legal challenges in the U.S. Supreme Court. Right. So are you saying that if since he, he won't bike those cakes, that it could be considered hate speech because he's not willing? Is that what you're saying? Essentially, yes. Wow. That his business is a hate business. Oh, okay. and so he's hating right. the same-sex uh, marriage and not not willing to bake a cake for right, right. Okay, gotcha. Well, so here's a term that is, it would be good for our listeners to understand. It's it is an acronym SOGI that stands for Sexual Orientation Gender Identity Laws SOGI laws. Okay, and so w when you look at that SOGI laws have been used to uh, to force people who willingly serve everyone. It, it has been used to force them to promote messages and celebrate events that are beyond their belief system. Right. And we recognize that is wrong. Yeah. If you forced someone who was uh, of uh, Jewish extraction, of the Jewish faith, to put a neo-Nazi mm. uh, message on something most people recognize, that's wrong. Right. That's against his uh, conscience. Right. And For you sure. can go through Everyone's multiple scenarios be. like that. Yeah. But... For people of faith, when they say, "Listen, I don't feel it, the, the man we're talking about in Florida, uh, in in Colorado," yeah. we have to point this out again. This is a man who says, "I don't even feel comfortable making a cake for Halloween with blood oh, yeah. and guts on it." Right, right. Should he be forced to do that? Everybody says no. Right. On the other hand, because of the sexual revolution, some people insist, well, if he wants to make a cake, like someone ordered a transgender cake, this was on the day after he had won a Supreme Court decision, wow. someone immediately turned around, sued him and said, you will make a transgender wedding cake wow. or, or birthday cake. And he said, no, we're not going to do that. It, it, I, I just, I'm not going to do that. So do they have to lawyer up again and, and go fight this exactly. in a local level? Is that what they have to do? And and so wow. there's this group called Alliance Defending Freedom that wow. has been so good hmm. in partnering with people who are being persecuted. And that's the only way to phrase something like yeah. this. So coming back to the Cheyenne circumstance, you look at what some people are saying. They're looking at something that is a terrible message and yeah. saying, listen, we need hate crimes laws. 
when all hate crimes law does is it actually doesn't touch the people who are giving those kind of t-shirt messages. Mm. It's been used to come against Christian bakers and florists and other people right. and tries to silence truth. What what could this down the road, if let's just say these laws come into play, what can you tell us what that might look like for the church if that if they actually did get in place, then could they come to the church and say you can or can't say certain things about I don't know Christ and I don't know what, what, what we have seen one glimpse of it in in America, but we see a lot more about it uh, in Canada. Okay, in America, this was about eight years ago now, but a mayor uh, was trying to use the power of her office to subpoena every message of every pastor in the Houston area. I remember that. Now, if you think about that, yes. can you imagine? Now, yes, this is what was that. happening under Archbishop So she Will. wanted to make sure she read them first, or she wanted to make sure if it had... Or have someone look through and see if they were talking about sexual orientation and gender gotcha. identity. Right. And so it was kind of one of those where they weren't going to look at every single word, but if you even approach the subject of the sexual revolution, then they wanted to censure that. Right. That, that moves us back some 400 years to before America was founded, hmm. uh, the United States was founded, to art, the time of Archbishop William Loud, who insisted in England that every message be filtered through the government and that he basically dictate to you what you would preach from God's word. Right. That is what started the English Civil War. Right. That was the first amendment to the United States Constitution 100 right. years later saying, no, 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 yeah. we shouldn't be going to the government to have them tell us what we preach from God's word on Sunday morning. Right. It's interesting that people, you know, they look at the Bible and say, well, it's just a bunch of do's and don'ts and you can't, you know, but it's actually a book of freedom. Absolutely. The, our liberties are, are in, you know, baked into the, the fabric of, of all of God's word. That's yes. where the liberty comes from. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if Christ has set us free and this in, in this, the truth will set you free. And, and that's where God's truth is. And so to say that that's actually confining, um, it's just, it just, I guess it's everybody's definition, but yeah. you know, God's definition of morality is different than man's definition of right. mor morality. And then you, everyone has to choose. So are you going to take God's definition or man's? Right. And then basically man is saying, well, if you choose God's definition, we're going to find some laws right. potentially. Right. That will make you, I don't know, wish you never thought those things. I, I think <laughs> right. that's the, I think that's the point. Basically, yeah. you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because it gives us a chance to give the Christian view yeah. of where our heart comes from. Yeah. Paul wrote this in, uh, oh, let me look it up real quick. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse seventeen. It says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty." Right. The whole heartbeat of God is as he looks at a world that has fallen, that is broken apart because of sin and enchained in those sins. And because of that, God institutes law to, as, as a schoolmaster, if you will, to point out, listen, this right here is something that is binding you down. This is terrible. Paul then uses that as an illustration. You need to be set free. Right. And what Jesus did on the cross is offers liberty, right. not for you to go and smoke everything on the planet or inject it into your veins or get caught up into sexual sins and all those things that actually are Way bondage. Yep. God offers genuine liberty. Yep. And so as we uphold the beauty of the freedom that can be found in Christ, and we actually speak into the world, uh, hey, listen, 
I know you're caught up in that kind of bondage right there. Let me show you a path to freedom. Right. As people try to silence that, they're actually silencing the voice of liberty yeah. in our world. Yeah. And it's a, it's something that people really don't understand. I, you know, I think that liberty, you know, when you say, you know, talk about the freedom that we have in Christ, you know, Paul says, do not, you know, not be easily, or Hebrews, the Hebrews passage, don't let you be easily entangled in the sin that so easily entangles, right? Wonderful. Sin right. entangles us and it trips us up. And it's like, man, if you want to run and run free, you know, stay away from that. A righteous, yeah. a righteous man is as bold as a lion, the, the uh, psalmist says. And but when we have sin, and when we have known sin, I mean, we all have sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we right. get that. But known sin that we're participating in, there is a bondage and a baggage and a heaviness that goes a part of that. And mm-hmm. um, you know, when you you can live a life that is, you know, not say perfect, but it's like. I know that I've dealt with the sin that God convicted me on. Exactly. If you know that you can do that, and there's a lot of freedom there. Yeah. And I just wish people could uh, breathe that air. It's, right. You know, so many times I lead someone to Christ and they'll say, they'll say things like, you know, it just, everything was gray. And now I see things in color. I don't think it's literal, but there's that, yeah, the, the feeling of everything is just, I'm enjoying the leaves of a tree. I'm right. enjoying like, wow, God made this or that. Right. And I, I don't know, maybe that's, uh, that's the experience, but I do hear hear that from people. You know, it's like there's this yeah. heaviness, and now I just feel wow, I feel lighter, I feel at peace, and I mean, like right after they pray, mm-hmm. I'm always amazed with that. But anyway, that's freedom. Yes, and you know, as a pastor, why wouldn't you want that? I know. <laughs> it's like, as a pastor, when you watch someone who feels that, you know, in Pilgrim's Progress, when Christian yeah. has the burden that go. rolls off his back, yeah, he goes, wow. I know you've been here before, and and I have multiple times where I watch someone sitting in a chair in my office uh, or at a coffee shop and they pray, but it's because God led them to that moment yeah. and they give their heart to Christ. And uh, two years ago, there was a man that said, I wish I would have heard this years ago. Hmm. He'd gotten himself so enchained in this case in alcoholism yeah. that, uh, and it had destroyed his marriage. It had separated him from his, from his children um, a, a very good man. Uh, he excelled in many, many different ways. Mm. But I watched him, and this was a kind of a cowboy type fella. Um, but I literally, I watched him tear up in my mm. office. I don't know that when the previous time he had ever teared up wow. had been. And then he be, he gave his life to Christ, and to watch it was almost like watching a burden roll off of his yeah. back, sitting in that chair. But yeah. we watch that, and so when we what we're doing is we're taking people. And showing them what, as the Bible calls it, uh, looking into the perfect law of liberty. Yep. Now, that's the thing. Some people today say that laws and liberty cannot coexist. But when we look at the reality of that, liberty can't coexist in anarchy. Anarchy binds us down. And what people today are calling freedom, like through the sexual revolution, is something that binds them down, binds their spirits down, uh, causes them to conflict with, with one another. Mm. And, uh, and so you actually look at the beauty of what liberty is in the perfect law of liberty. Um, it, it is something glorious to introduce people yeah, to. For sure. You know, one of the things that I, I think of a, a football field or a soccer field, you know, there's boundaries and we know where those boundaries are and everybody agrees on those boundaries. That's right. out of bounds. This is in bounds. Right? right. And sometimes we even see slow motion, whether that foot stepped out of bounds right. or not. So, right. but it's, if it's just a tiny 
speck of your foot is out of bounds, you're out of right. bounds. It's it's a kind of a crazy thing that we've we've learned through. But you know, the Bible is that way. It gives us boundaries. It says right. these this is these are uh, these are thoughts, actions, behaviors that are out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I I didn't make that up. But if you can stay within bounds, there's a lot of playing field. Right. And you can run as fast as you possibly can, as as long as you stay in bounds. And there's there is freedom in mm-hmm. that boundary, if you will, yeah. of what God says. You know, the law of if you can, the law of liberty is that you are free to play in this area. Outside of that, you can't. And so what what really is what's happening is people are saying, well, I don't agree where your out of bounds are. I want to go play out there. And it's like, well. Uh, that's yeah. that's not the playing field, and so exactly. and so they feel convicted and, and and angry because we don't agree that where the boundaries are, right. and it's like, well, I didn't set the boundaries. Right. You know, God's the one that gives, and I so I really believe it's their conscience. It's not me that's saying they're out of bounds. Their conscience knows they're out of bounds. Yes, and they know inside that this there is something that's not right, and they they need someone to blame. Either God, uh, a lot of times it's the church, uh, religious people, whatever. Bible thumpers, whatever you name it, it's like, well, if you could just learn, man, this freedom we have here is right. fantastic. Yeah, you know, you you can run and play, and there's a lot of room to run here. So that's uh, the gospel. I want I want to read yeah. I want to read a passage here. Yes, <clears throat> it's in Galatians five thirteen. It says, "For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self indulgence, mm-hmm. but through love become slaves to one another. In other words, you care for one another. Try to." Pick each other up and and right. encourage each other to run when and and uh, do the game within this the boundaries. Um, but this this whole thing of God gave us this freedom, and right. I think it's the greatest risk that God took. This is my opinion. When He gave well, man yes. free will, yeah, right. He gave us freedom, yeah. And uh, then He had to come and show, and man started abusing that. And he says, "Well, okay." Let me give you some laws. Here's what's out of bounds. Here's right. the boundaries, guys. Yeah. And then we fight against those boundaries. And then he comes along with Christ and he says, well, I've, if you go out of bounds, I have forgiven those and I'll give you a desire to want to live in these boundaries and you're going to find freedom there. Right. And sometimes we, you know, we still draw out of bounds. We're not perfect. Right. But um, I think if you do have, if you've danced and run in this freedom area, you want, you want back there. there right. There's a peace there and right. there's a, there's a contentment, there's a uh, rightness, and there's a boldness in, in there. And I think people on the outside of that looking in, they, they don't like the freedom and the peace that we have, right. or the joy. Right. And I, I don't know, somehow it, it yeah. irritates rather than attracts. Some it, it attracts some, but some it just totally irritates. But I'm sure that is perplexing to some. Uh, but Paul writes this in Second Corinthians a little later on. And it's exactly what he also wrote to that church in Galatia. But he writes, we have this treasure, which if you look yes. at that, is pointing back to the liberty in Christ. Right. We have this treasure to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We are therefore ambassadors. And then he says a little bit more, but he says, as though God were making an appeal through us. Hmm. So there's two messages in what he's saying there that ties right into this whole discussion of liberty. First, when, when we look at the, for, for those who might listen to this from the outside looking in, know that our heart to be ambassadors for Christ is to actually to show them the beauty of liberty in Christ. 
and actually how sin is destructive toward genuine liberty. But then secondly, it's to the Christian who might be listening to this podcast. There is difficulty in standing for truth. It is. Paul experienced it as in his day. Yep. We know it's happening in our day today. Right. And so when people talk about a t-shirt that is reprehensible, but then say that we need hate crime speech that will silence Christians, know that what we're trying to do is pointing out that, yes, that, that message over it's there terrible. is evil. It's, tor- it's evil, you're right. On the other hand, what the Scripture is pointing toward is something glorious. Mm. It is beautiful. And God calls us to be ambassadors, knowing that the power comes from God and not from us. Mm. And so continue standing strong, regardless of the personal consequence, and God gets the glory. And that's how we ought to operate our lives. Amen. I hope that's how you're ending your speech. That's Amen. Good. Is, that, is that your speech or <laughs> no, part so of it? No, that has nothing that's to do really with good. my speech. But well, yeah. I, we need to land this plane, but yes, uh, man, I, I think this is a, a great topic it's right here in our town, so thanks for bringing that up. And all of you, all of us, let's be strong and very courageous. Mm-hmm.